You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Welcome to the Palace of Megapixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! everyone and welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host Stephen White. With me as always and uh, a little <laughs> broken this week. I don't know if you I guys suppose. just heard that. I reached over for a water bottle then came back up and slapped my face into the microphone. So if you heard a thump, that was my forehead hitting the microphone. Uh, because I can guess where everything is in relation to me today. But yes, happy Monday. Right. Is Lacey Finley. <laughs> Oh, man. Yes, Lace, if you don't know, uh, has a, a bit of uh, a back yeah. issue, a nerve I went, pinch. I've, I've, I'm out for the count, man. It's, uh, it's, it's weird when your yeah. body decides it's not going to do a thing it's been doing for a really long time. And through, no matter how much I keep trying to tell it, we're just going to do it. It's not doing it. So, um, yeah, send mm. me all sorts of tweets and emails this week, guys, because I've got nothing but time. Nothing but time. Right. See? <laughs> I mean, we we usually record, you know, this podcast earlier in the day, and it took her this long to get started. <laughs> like, so. you know what time it is. But yeah, it did. took me a while to get from one room to the next. So it's uh, it's been a joy. It's been a joy. It's like, I remembered mm. like I used to help my mom out and all this kind of stuff a lot, you know, and I always felt for and couldn't understand why it would take her so long sometimes to get stuff done. I get it. I get it. It's through it no now. fault of yeah. your own, but... Uh, Oh, well, stuff happens, and here we are. So hopefully I'm on the mend here very soon, and uh, I could be back. Because I'm telling you what, I'm having Beat Saber withdrawals like crazy, man. Oh, I bet. You can't even can't. do that. Wow, yeah, I didn't even think about Not that. Not even sitting, man, because it's like reaching too much might just be the thing that does it. But uh, But I've gotten plenty of other games in this week at least, so there's that. That's good. So, so what have you been oh, playing out since you can't play I'm Beat Saber? You, it's almost like what haven't I been playing. It's been kind of crazy because I've had nothing but time. Like I said, once I get stuck somewhere, that's just where I live for the moment. So, um, But, of course, we have to mention I did get in some Evergate time. I don't, I don't know if you got good, a chance good. to do that yet or not. Man, it's just gorgeous. A little. You did a little? Yeah. I, I will say that I, I was trying to find my controller – because I've got, I, I never got around to getting back to it because I'm just not PC sure. literate, apparently, for that game. Because I got so far and then I was just like, I, my brain couldn't work out the mechanics. And I was like, I, well, I guess I'm just not playing this anymore because I can't. I don't know why I can't do what I need to do mm-hmm. in my head. So I was like, until I can get a controller set. And I remember the last time I played it with the controller during the, the demos. The scheme, I guess the control scheme wasn't set up quite the way I needed it okay. to be. Oh, I or think I couldn't I get it where I needed it to be. Bit, yeah, where you're trying to reconfigure for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
That said, I didn't get a chance. So they may have tweaked it to where I could get it set up or, or whatever. So I, I'm not saying that they haven't done what they need to do or, or anything like that. I just I haven't got around to doing it with the controller. I need yeah. to try. No, I, I stuck with keyboard and mouse. It did pretty well. Um, they've definitely added a lot of new elements since I had touched it last. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I did stream it for two days. And the sheer volume of compliments that the game got on visuals and the score, like... I had to let them know that like almost every single new person who came to the stream to check out the game, the first thing they talked about was, wow, this is gorgeous. And I love that soundtrack out of every mouth. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really coming together nicely and it is officially out now. Yes. Yeah. No, no, uh, no. They, I, I saw a tweet. There was a tweet today when uh, I think I saw it about an hour or so ago. They were going to do the early access, but since the beta test went so well, they're going to delay the early access, and they're going to go for a very soon, they're going to do oh, a full release. Oh, okay. Excellent. So they, they've ju- they're just foregoing that, and they said very soon they're going to announce full release dates. Yeah, honestly, with me playing through it, I, I can't really think of much more you would need to polish. Like, I didn't, now granted, mm. myself personally, I didn't hit any hiccups, any bugs, any play style problems, nothing like that. So, I mean, to me, it feels feels pretty good. feels pretty done, pretty baked. Yeah. So I, I think it is. Just, just, just a little that I played through, I was like, God. Just so good. The amount they've mm-hmm. added to it. And it just it just it looked good before and then all they've done is just make it look even better. I'm just like God. Go, go, go check these guys out, I, man. Wish list this game. If you're into platformers, mm-hmm. amazing games, gorgeous looking games, perfect scores, all that kind of stuff. Definitely check this game out. It's uh it's really good. It's really good. I, I've not been yeah. disappointed in the two I, years that we've been been keeping an eye on this mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so glad we met them when we did mm-hmm. and got to talk with them and watch this happen because this could have easily I mean if we never went to PAX we wouldn't know anything about this game we it would have yeah. went right under our radar for a while until the public got a hold of it and then we're like hey y'all got you know you need to check this out but we've had we've had two years to, to watch up. Yeah, just watch. to watch this thing grow mm-hmm. and watch them work so hard and make this amazing game. It's just, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm so glad that we were a part of it. No, it's you know? a lot of I'm fun. I'm so glad we got to be a part yeah, of it. Yeah, because we've gotten to see how it was earlier on and to what it's developed into now. It's and just great people to boot. So yeah, it's been mm-hmm. a it's been a fun journey to take with them, even if we weren't sitting right in the room, but getting mm-hmm. to see how it's been pieced out over the years and sure. everything. Good job, guys. I, you should be proud of this. You should be proud of this. I've heard nothing but good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also played um, Little Frostpunk. Mm-hmm. Still can't beat another scenario. It's just too hard. But again, I got time. I'll probably try again later on today. Um, and then I got myself back into The Sims 4 again because I found a bunch of mods that have just been kind of making the game more fun for me again. Right. I downloaded a violence mod and I've been killing people and it's been <laughs> hilarious. Not supported by EA, of course. It's a teen game, guys. So sure. you know, if you look for this mod. But uh, oh my God, it was hilarious. I know I shouldn't say that, but like the first time I'm like, let's just try this. Just the blood everywhere. And then I panicked because the cops came to take me and I shot them all. (laughs) And then I got arrested. 
So all of that is built into this mod, which I found quite hilarious when, you know, the paddy wagon came to get me, which really was just like four Sims and like a police officer's outfit. But it was still quite funny. So I got bored, I guess, and just decided to start killing my entire Simville with one Sim to see if I could have just that one standing and go on a murder spree before I get taken down and see how how fully fleshed out this mod really is. Uh, but what about you? Well, um, you know, outside of the the little bit of Evergate that I tried, uh, Monster Hunter still because obsession has just overtaken. Uh, but I'm I'm openness. nearing. I think I'm nearing the end of Iceborne. I'm getting into the really, really, really hard monsters. Mm. But I'm taking the challenge. I'm I'm really pushing through. I've gotten like the the monster I'm at right now, or the Elder Dragon, should I say, if I want to be more specific, is one I've never fought before. It's not a tempered or or different version of a of a monster I've fought before, so I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And anytime I don't know what to expect, I get hesitant because if it's a like the, I think the monster I fought prior to this one was the Black Veil Valhazek. I already knew what to expect with that one. Mm-hmm. So I go in with that same mindset. It's like, okay, it's like that, but it's not quite that. So what do I need to do? Plan for that particular monster, and then I'll get there. Mm-hmm. And I did all right. You know, I there were a few new tricks up at sleeve, but I got through it. I don't know what to expect with this thing, so I'm just kind of like... Ah, Are you doing this solo? Most of the time, yeah. I mean, sometimes... I mean, Katrina and I work completely separate hours now, so it's... Mm. I mean, we hardly get to see each other, so when we do have the time to hunt, we're, you know, usually trying to play catch-up and, and, you know, take care of little things here and there. So, on my own time, I try to do this stuff solo and mm. try to see what I can do kind of get a feel for things so that when she wants to get there, I'm already kind of familiar and I can kind of help guide her, you know, and say, try to look at taking this, equip that, you know, mm-hmm. build your set around this, and then we'll, we'll tag, you know, tag team it and hopefully get it taken care of. And it works. Nice. So, Excellent. but, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. You know, I, but I do, I, I do need to get on Evergate, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the full release for yeah. everyone. I should say yeah. for everyone. That's that's good to hear, though. That's that's good to hear that they'll just go straight into um, a full release. Because, like I said, as I was playing through it, I mean, I haven't beaten it yet, mm-hmm. um, but I can't. I mean, they would know better than me. They stare sure. at their code and their game and stuff all the time. But to me, it it, it looked ready, it looked ready mm-hmm. to go. So. Good luck, guys, and uh, sure. I know you'll find good success with it. It's a great game. Um, well, then let's jump into some news. Okay. Uh, we had uh, quite a few pieces this week, um, the biggest of which was probably that uh, Jeff Keeley is skipping E3 this year. So mm-hmm. if you are in the know, you've probably heard this bit of news that for the first time in 25 years, gaming journalist, um, I think he also created the Game Awards, if I am correct. I think um, so, yeah. He, yeah. But he won't be attending E3 this year, which also means he won't be holding the E3 Coliseum event, which is where the panel discussions of the game developers would share the details of the biggest titles coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, His reasoning for not attending, uh, Jeff says that the event needs to evolve with the times. 
He's quoted as saying, uh, based on what's been communicated to me about the show, I just don't feel comfortable participating. It's no secret that E3 needs to evolve, and I have lots of ideas around that, but have decided to take a wait-and-see approach. I'm looking forward to learning more about uh, ESA's vision for the show beyond what this blog post was this week. Um, which has been leaving everyone with a ton of questions, like with what's going to be happening with E3, because we already know Nintendo opted out years ago. Mm-hmm. Sony, this is going to be the second year that it's decided not to. Um, kind of looking like it's going to be an Xbox event Yeah, at this point. I mean, it really does. <laughs> it's, it's kind of what it's boiling down to. So, um, yeah, like what vision do you think... Jeff is wanting to see differently coming out of E3 here. Do you think it's more of like he just wants to evolve more with um, streaming these these different things now as opposed to gathering everybody together for one big event? I think I, I definitely think it's something we've kind of touched on in the past where we have noticed that the show is not necessarily what it used to be because it was, in its essence, a trade show. There's no need for that anymore because everyone has access to everything right. in the world now. So, therefore, the idea of this type of trade show does not work on this level anymore. Yeah. So, I'm not sure what it needs to be because it seems like a show for everyone, so it almost kind of needs to be like a new con for these for these yeah. you know developers and and publishers to just bring all their stuff and showcase it to the world. It could still be a trade show but make it more like a convention than a, a trade show. Yeah. I think that's what needs to happen because everybody loves E3. I yeah, love it. I, it's like it's a fun time of year. Like mm-hmm. even if we're not getting to go, it's kind of like our Christmas. We get to sit down sure. and see what what are people working on? What is the next mm-hmm. gen maybe doing? Like, it's just exciting for a few days to get to watch all these different um, events and see what's coming up. What am I looking forward to next year yeah. coming up, you know? And and especially when those big game announcements come out and it's just like, oh my God, you know, and yes. all the excitement that comes with it. I mean, I don't want that to go away. I don't, I mean... It, I I still get excited if if all these developers and publishers did their own thing, but there's just something about that collection, you know. Yeah. Today it's Microsoft, tomorrow it's Sony, and tomorrow I is, is Nintendo. Watch Ubisoft too, yeah. Yeah, and you get excited just to mm-hmm. see what they're going to bring because even if, say, Ubisoft or EA whip out a new game on their show, and you see that again on the Microsoft or, or Sony end you still know that there's also going to be another little Easter egg they're hiding in their show. So you don't know what to expect. Hello, and, Keanu yeah. reveal. Exactly. Like, stuff like that. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would be probably pick his brain because it sounds like Jeff is saying, like, I've got some ideas, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got some ideas on how this will evolve into the next one. And I know E3 kind of had it rough last year, too, because wasn't there the whole accidental kind of doxing thing that happened for attendees and stuff where their information got released mm-hmm. and things like that. So I don't know if all of these things are kind of coming together where some of these people behind the scenes are like some things need to get figured out and fixed Right. Or and then also being evolving with the time. But um, as of uh, writing, that's all the news that I have right now on Jeff's plans for E3 that he's skipping. Um, So keep an eye on that space, I guess, to see if he's got something else planned or what we're going to hear from E3. 
and how this is going to work out. So speaking of Jeff Keighley real quick, because my brain has been trying, like I have known that man's name for so long, but for some reason I cannot remember what, what like where he started from. Like what was the thing that... I want to say he was a gaming journalist to start. Mm -hmm. And then um, G4 TV. Does that sound right? G4 TV. I can probably look it up here. I feel like maybe. Game Awards and then G4. He was a host on. Because I know he was a big games journalist. Mm -hmm. I, I just I just remember that he's kind of always been there. And the more he's kind of grown, I feel like. Like you said, the Game Awards is kind of his thing, and he just kind of evolved into this guy who's doing everything games. But I was like, I know he didn't start there, but he's always been there. Yeah, he was known for hosting the video game show Game Trailers TV and for uh, co-hosting G4TV.com. A freelance writer and work has appeared a lot in Kotaku, so maybe you've seen the name pop across there, too. I'm reading the wiki, so I'm assuming it's all you know, truthful and relevant. Nobody's lied. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, and he was executive producer of Spike Video Game Awards. Here, okay. See, it's all coming together now. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the E3 Coliseum event and the Game Awards, which is his inaugural show. So, yeah. So big, big, big name in the space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we'll still have some fun nuggets to look forward to for this year's E3 and, and see what the plans are moving forward after that. Yeah, I would hope so. But the next bit of news I have here, um, last week we were talking about NVIDIA's GE Force Now, mm-hmm. which now might actually restrict your own library, come to find out. What? <laughs> this whole streaming thing, I think, almost needs to uh, just stop. I haven't yeah. had any good info on any of them so far. <laughs> uh, but like we were saying last week, uh, the next platform to break into the live stream, uh, live game streaming was NVIDIA which felt like it was one of the best ways to play your own PC library anywhere you go. But the catch now is only if the game publisher allows it. So on February 11th, Activision Blizzard announced it will be pulling down its games, including Overwatch, WoW, and the COD series from GE Force Now. So a week into the service's full launch, and one of the <laughs> biggest publishers will not be on GE Force Now... And this launch was reportedly already missing games from Capcom, EA, Konami, Remedy, Rockstar, and Square Enix, which all seemed to pull out after the beta period was over. (sighs) So what I'm confused about, though, is if this is my library and Mm -hmm. I bought these games already, why does the publisher get to say if I can play that on my phone or my tablet? So right. I had to look because, like, I'm there's a there's a fee, obviously associated each month. Mm-hmm. So, are they not getting a cut? Are the publishers thinking they need more of a cut for their game being on the service? Is what I'm wondering. I would uh, bet money on that. Yeah. Because, like, I I couldn't find out if Nvidia just failed to get permission before its launch. You know, or if mm-hmm. this was just some kind of remorse that the publishers had after it was coming out of beta. I mean, because I mean, with some digging, it does appear that Blizzard does have in its EULA that specifically does prevent users from playing a game on a cloud-based service. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, that still doesn't help with the reasoning. 
So I guess if you huh. were looking forward to it, it sounds like pretty much any AAA game you may have bought, that publisher is going not going to let you play it on the go. That just... <sighs> This whole thing's turning into a huge train wreck. It really is from every angle, like with Stadia, with GeForce, and I know there's others right now, so bear with me if I don't remember things as much (laughs) right now, like the names of all these different services, because there's so many. But um, dang, this one actually, like after reading it last week, was the one I had kind of the biggest hope for, since it was cloud-based. It was games you already owned. Like, in mm-hmm. my mind, I couldn't think of any reason why that wouldn't have been the best way to go. Yeah, and then, for sure. <laughs> and now this. So if you were looking forward to that, you're wondering why all of a sudden it's out of beta and you can't play your games anymore. Look up and see who the publisher was, because odds are they're the ones who said no to it. And then, of course, I'm going to keep my eye on that space, too, to find out um, if there ever is any word back from NVIDIA about where the miscommunication happened or why some sure. of these companies won't be moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next bit of news, which is kind of exciting for me, uh, Quantic Dream is now mm-hmm. becoming solely independent. Oh, okay. So I kind of was wondering if that's where it was going since we've started to see now that his games have been, uh, David Cage with Quantic Dreams, his games have been moving over to PC again because mm-hmm. he started on PC you know, then cut the deal with Sony. And then now we're seeing it back there. But uh, but after 23 years of Quantic Dream, the dev team has finally realized that it can become wholly independent without other publishers to help pave their path. Uh, they're now venturing to make decisions 100% about their games on their own. Uh, they say this will allow them to make decisions in total independence and to address tech and strateg- uh, strategic opportunities of next-gen platforms and also allow them to help other developers by providing investment and development support so they can fully express their talents. Uh, he does. He is quoted as saying, we want to support creators of original projects and help them in turn to achieve their vision and offer quality, groundbreaking experiences. This is more than an evolution. It is a transformation. We are doing this to preserve <laughs> our freedom and our independence. It starts to sound like he's, he's stepped on the box now on the stage. Mm-hmm. It is a transformation. We are doing this to preserve our freedom and our independence, to continue working on innovative and even more ambitious projects, to address greater challenges, and to create the unexpected. Or didn't you put on an accent? I well, right. I didn't know if I could do the Scottish like get everybody pumped. Um, <laughs> tap into Scrooge McDuck, you'll get there. <laughs> but basically, we want to take over the world. Uh, but no, I, I honestly can't wait to see what happens because I know for all the crap that Quantic Dream has has gotten over the years and all this kind of stuff, I still enjoy his games. I've always enjoyed his storytelling. Yes, sometimes it seems like he writes himself into a wall and the ends end up, the end of the game seem to sometimes just not match up mm-hmm. with the rest of it. But I've always enjoyed it. And hell, I'm always just happy when things start to make their way back to PC when I got that option again. So for sure. I think this will be exciting, which means I think he's probably got another pretty good game in the works then if he's he's ready to go all out. I wonder what Sony says. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a little curious. With their next gen coming up and, you mm-hmm. know. Hmm. We'll see. I mean, they've been they've been fairly quiet here lately about a lot of things. I'm I'm very curious because after the the management shift and the PlayStation mm-hmm. 5, they've just they've not said a word. They're just yeah, like, they've kept nope. everything tight-lipped. 
Mm-hmm. They don't. I did hear, anything. and you may have this in your notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if if I'm stepping on that, I apologize. But I just felt <laughs> like this ahead. is a good uh, something about them uh, really struggling to keep the price down on the PS5. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious about that. That that was one quicket that I that I did have, um, mm-hmm. very very quick because the the last little bit of news was they were struggling to try to keep it within that four hundred and fifty dollar price point where it looks like if they make a buck on the console it'll be like ten dollars at best the way that the things are broken down but again everything that we know right now is just like tiny little leaks and rumors and stuff so i've yet to hear from like sony or anyone there about Mm -hmm. confirming any of these things but uh, and then i kind of wonder with everything that's going on in china right now that might make some things a little bit more expensive it might be halting production you know there's there's a lot of outside forces at play right now too so right um Keep your eye on it. Hopefully, it sounds like they're really working hard, though. They want to keep that sweet spot, and you kind of need to to be able to get people to, well, just be able to afford to buy the next generation console. Sure. <clears throat> but speaking of, we'll just move on to a few quickets here because that is the only bit of news news that I had. Um, so we have talked about that. Um, we do have an official release date for Half Life Alex, which is now March twenty third which I would imagine is also their tentative date to have more indexes in stock by then. So Mm -hmm. keep your eye if you were looking at getting a Valve index. We might be about a month out from you being able to do so. Um, But that's just on the game. I did not hear about the the headset. Um, And then just a fun thing to mention, since this is going on through February 27th, something Mm -hmm. that I noticed is Xbox is doing a giveaway. Um, If you go to their official Twitter page of Xbox, and uh, they have a pinned tweet that, obviously, if you like and retweet, you get to enter uh, for a chance to win a custom Michael Jordan brand Xbox One console adorning the color red and his iconic jumping to the basket logo on both the console and the controller. Um, and it started on the 13th of February and runs through the 27th. So if you wanted to try your hand at winning an Xbox, go to their page, retweet their tweet, and good luck, have fun. Just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then thanks to Steven, we found a really cool one about Nintendo announcing some Switch airport lounges, which looked mm-hmm. like a lot of fun. Because for most travelers, flying is just not fun. No. You rush into your gate, you're checking in your luggage, you got to get seen naked through a magic box, told to throw <laughs> away your water. I mean, nothing about flying is fun, right? But now with the help of Nintendo... They have little pop-up stands where you can go play certain Nintendo games on Switches and airport lounges um, and apparently started on February 13th. So I don't have like a map to tell you where all these little pop-up things are going to happen. But if you're traveling, keep your eye out. That would be a lot of fun. (laughs) Okay, sidebar. I've just uh-huh. I got to tell you the story because you mentioned flying and it was one of those I had the other podcast I do Kaiju Weekly talk about mm-hmm. giant monster movies. If you want to go check that out, you can. Not a shameless plug Definitely by any it. means. Definitely just saying. Um, but we reviewed a really terrible movie <laughs> this past week called mm-hmm. The Giant Claw. Don't know if you've ever seen it, heard about it. It's it's Jesus Christ. Anyway, there Not was good, a scene. Huh? Yeah, there was a scene in there, and you're mentioning airports, airplanes, how so many things have changed. You know, it's it, it's interesting to see that uh, because these people are on an airplane, and you see just 
lighting up smoking like it's mm. just no big deal and everybody's fine with it and of course everybody's kind of dressed up and looking nice and it's just interesting how flying has evolved to where oh it my is. god well just anything i think but yeah go mm-hmm. ahead and um this this also <laughs> points out how humans have evolved into better people because in that same scene uh the main character and the main the other main character man male female um they they didn't know each other they barely knew each other they just met and guy as she's sleeping decides to just lean over and kiss her and i'm like dude no, no. what are you no, doing no no <laughs> danger and it was just yeah and i was just like oh. so apparently this was okay in the 1950s, 1960s, but I was I, I, like, literally, I was just like, what are you doing? Stop. It is really interesting, like the stuff that we put in our media way back then that was never acceptable. But for some reason, as a society, we were like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, you she didn't, that, you know, she she didn't mind. She was like, what are you doing? Oh, well, the well, script and then, probably made it sound like it was romantic as hell or something. Oh, yeah. He was just like, I was just taking a chance on you, doll. And she's right, like, yeah. well. And then it was just suddenly sparks, and they just in love. <laughs> so it was just like, okay, whatever. Well, see, now those sparks could happen at the Nintendo Switch Airport Lounge. Right. You're staring across the way. Your eyes connect as you're reaching for that same controller to play Super uh, Crash Brothers or whatever. The- <laughs> no, it's Super Mario Brothers. To, what are you doing? Don't, I know, don't. I'm starting to like get my podcast <laughs> and the games mixed up. I'm like, I don't know. Go play the game. Uh, anyway, I'm sure it's much more fun than stuffing your face with Cinnabon. Mm. So uh, sure. <laughs> definitely go, uh, definitely go look those up. I mean, um, maybe maybe we can have a game one day. You know, if if somebody wants to make Super Mega Crash Brothers the video game on Dreams, uh, ooh, which is out now. I gotta watch yeah. some more of that. Oof. I don't know creative. how to do that stuff, so I can't. I keep I getting can't. told it's insanely easy. I just haven't seen the interface yet, but I mm-hmm. keep getting assured that look. They actually make it really easy if you sit down and do the tutorial or whatever. So if nothing else, I might just buy it so I could play other people's creations, too. Because sure. it sounds like we might get an infinite well here with creativity. Yeah, I kind of uh, feel like it's a game that's it's going to appeal to everyone if you're a creator or if you're just a player. Mm-hmm. It hits both. Yeah. So. I can't. I'm telling you, man, I still think we're going to get to play a lot of abandoned games that we haven't seen in a while. I can't wait mm-hmm. to keep my eye on that space, but... Uh, let's see. Next little quicket I've got. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare update comes with a hefty file size. So uh, <laughs> this I just found funny because the dev team actually just apologized. So if you've been waiting for the season two update, well, it has arrived, but with a 100 gigabyte download size file. Good God. <laughs> That's bigger than promise. most games. <laughs> right? That's what I thought. Because remember, wasn't that about the size of Red Dead Redemption? We're like 140 gigs or something for the whole game. (laughs) This is season two update. So they said we're sorry, but um, we have a lot of new content. Um, Better. Better, right? Uh, But they did say it does add a lot of new content. um, And it 
does include a Rust map from Modern Warfare 2. So for those of you who play, I'm sure you understood that reference, and congratulations. Mm -hmm. Um, Developer Infinity Ward has now commented on the massive file size and says that it's a unique situation that will actually decrease the file size of the game overall. So I guess what they're saying is they're putting in more optimization as well, so maybe load times won't be as bad or it doesn't take as long to start up, whatever that means. Mm. Uh, But the new pack will include, uh, let's see, it says it'll tweak the data files to offer a better overall disk space management so that future updates shouldn't be as large. So that was their reasoning on it. Um, another little quicket. Disney blocked Sora from Kingdom Hearts to make an appearance on Super Smash Brothers. Disney, why? Because okay. Disney. <laughs> and uh, why? Now, wait a second. I kind of feel like that would be Square Enix's character more than Disney's character. I, I mean, if if I were to take a guess, because you have this branch of characters final fantasy characters disney characters coming together in this one thing i kind of feel like sora should be square's character not disney's i don't know like honestly i was looking and i couldn't find an answer as to why disney was blocking it like a couple of articles i read said you know reached out for comment but yet hadn't gotten one yet um but nintendo plans to move forward master chief in the game if that makes you feel better I mean, no, but... (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not like they're not used to just throwing in all these excess characters, because, I mean, they Mm -hmm. did do, like, the Joker from Persona 5 or the Atlas Joker and Fatal Fury franchise and Banjo-Kazooie and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, but... uh, Master Chief would be a... That would be one hell of a crossover. Yep. I think that would be... I mean, at this point, I don't really, I don't see any character that wouldn't work because I feel like they've pulled from so many different games and different genres, and I, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like if if it's a game character, it would probably work somehow. For sure, at this point is my feeling. Yeah, <laughs> just get paid, I guess, and here's my character. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last quicket that I have. Which I also found this amusing. Uh, Hackers are dropping two-headed violent skeletons into Red Dead Redemption Online 2. Or Red Dead 2 Online. Why? Because hackers just love to mess with things. Mm. Um, This one's no different. Apparently, uh, not unlike how hackers, you know, how I'm sure you've read stories how they would pester people online on GTA with mm-hmm. mods that would just annoy the crap out of you or to torture you. Well, now we have two-headed skeletons that modders are now dropping into the games to uh, troll other players. Um, but apparently the two-headed skeleton isn't an original modded creation. It's been in the game since launch, which can be found in the wreckage of a traveling circus freak show. Someone with two heads apparently in their lore became trapped and died, um, which is now what these hackers have revived to attack random players. So if you come across one in the game, you can try to kill it or better yet, try to find a server that isn't being hacked, I guess, and not play because interesting <laughs> this is what they're doing right now. I have seen those videos of people like torturing GTA five online players mm-hmm. and it just looks terrible. Like they're just sucking the enjoyment away from you as a player by creating all these things that keeps you from being able to move or all these objects that are just in your way. It's just, it's annoying. Stop it. Yeah. Again, mod your single player game to your heart's content, but leave multiplayer games alone. 
Uh, anyway, want to try some truth or trash? Shoot. All right. I have two this week. Okay. Me, I should bring up the other one. I had to keep um, a separate truth or trash tally for you. I've got to bring it up or I'll accidentally delete it and then we'll have no idea. <laughs> Sorry, I had to have that whole dialogue outside of my head. But anyway, mm. first bit of truth or trash. So again, we have no date uh, yet in sight for when Sony plans to make more reveals since we know they have bowed out of yet another E3. Uh, mm. But according to an industry insider's tweet, Sony's next-gen console will be revealed at a PlayStation meeting in March with pre-orders opening soon directly after the announcement. So we will know next month and you will be able to pre-order the console. March. Is there any significance in March? Now, some games were moved. We did have delays or pushback. Final Fantasy Mm -hmm. was going to come out in March. They pushed it to April. So, there could be some truth as to why they shifted their game. I know mm-hmm. it's a square game, but it's the only it's only for Sony or for right. for PlayStation why they wanted to to bump it just a little bit. Okay, I'll give it true. I'll give, give it, it true. true. All right. Let me just copy that over so I don't lose it for future. <laughs> I have to do it as I go. I know how my brain works. All right. And let's see. The next one is for about Nintendo Direct announcements that we will have not one, not two, but three are rumored to be happening this month in February within this the next week. Trash. So in this next week coming up, we're going to have three. You say trash. trash. There is no way they would have that many. No way. It seems like it's pulling teeth to get them to do something. And when they do it, it's like on their terms. So there's no way they're going to do three. They may have one big one. But not three. No. No. I don't buy it. Then we'll find out. We have like, they have like 10. They're like, this is why. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. It's time to wake up apparently. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm sure I set an alarm to remind me to do something. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, but hey, I do have a, a bit of weird news this time. Okay, okay. This one's uh this one was uh well, you'll see. <laughs> so <laughs> So a game that came out in 2012 sees a rise in popularity every time a specific world event happens. Mm-hmm. This year is no different. With the rise of the newest virus taking over, the coronavirus, the game app Plague Inc. has seen a resurgence in downloads and plays. So much so that the dev team, Endemic Creations, had to take the game offline due to a high number of players. Apparently, (laughs) with the rise of these Endemics, they saw it with SARS, they saw it with another one too. People are legit downloading this game because they did try to make the game as accurate as possible and how pathogens and viruses and things mutate and move throughout the world because the point of the game is to try to basically destroy the entire world with a virus Mm -hmm. that people are taking it enough to heart 
that they're downloading this game to learn how to not catch the coronavirus. Wow. Yeah. That's... Um, so much so that Endemic had to come out with a statement, too. Um, <laughs> so their statement says... The coronavirus outbreak in China is deeply concerning, and we've received a lot of questions from players and the media. Plague Inc. has been out for eight years now, and whenever there's an outbreak of disease, we see an increase in players as people seek to find out more about how diseases spread and to understand the complexities of viral outbreaks. We specifically designed the game to be realistic and informative while not sensationalizing serious real-world issues. This has been recognized by the CDC and other leading medical organizations around the world. However, please remember that it is still a game. This is not a scientific model and that the current coronavirus outbreak is a very real situation which is impacting a huge number of people and we recommend the players to get their information directly from local and global health authorities and then they have provided links that needed to be done but i Mm. found that interesting that it was like number one download in china with uk and us very close behind with like millions of new downloads once this happened and that they were getting questions about this yeah wow just yeah i mean like don't don't get your information from a game like that (laughs) Well, like, is this we, what happens when we don't read those splash screens where we're like, yes, true, fine, move on, let me play the game? But this is this is the world we live in now anyway, where people run to Twitter to believe everything that happens yes. or Facebook. So why not a game? You know, it's like, oh, there's that game that does the viruses. Uh, that's where we got to get our information. That's totally going to teach me yeah. how to avoid it, too. I so, mean... Games can be informative. Sure. But but if it's something that could kill you, maybe not use a Mm -hmm. game as the, as your, what what is it when you go self-medicate online or whatever? Don't be your own WebMD. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't download your video game for a coronavirus. Yeah. There's a line and people, okay. (laughs) I know. We can sit here and go, God damn people all day. But instead, how about we play Name That Game? Woo! Okay. <laughs> I kept I kept it real small. Mm. Keep it small. Just cabin patching, cabbage okay. patching like a mofo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like saying this like you guys at home could even see our dancing, yeah. but I kept you it real could, small. Kept it real small. I just I assume they all have great imaginations and can just see us just going crazy. Usually, yes. Today, I kept it a little on the DL. We don't need to break anything else. But if you are ready for your first game. Shoot. This game is an open world sandbox game. It is your friend's birthday tomorrow. You have already bought him a present, and now you only have to give it to him. But your friends live in another city, quite far from you. So you're going to take a long trip. And there are lots of adventures waiting for you on your way there. You'll have to earn money, communicate with some people, escape from prison, etc. The daily grind. Hmm. Apart from the plot mode in this game, you can also explore various cities, find money and spend it on different things, ride cars, enter buildings, buy something make jokes on people around you, and so on. In general, you could do whatever can be done in real life. 
is this game? A, birthday simulator. B, UPS simulator. C, dude simulator. Or D, prank simulator. I can see it in his eyes right now. He hates me. Okay, so why'd she do simulator? Why? Well, why'd yeah. She do it? <laughs> I mean, there are so many things that it could be in simulator. Honestly, yeah, they basically just said, "Yeah, just this is a game, and you do stuff." I'm gonna go with D, prank simulator. With D prank simulator, and the answer is C dude simulator. Uh, that sounds so much like the game it should be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Have you ever just like side side note? Mm-hmm. Have you ever like done a name that game and went, yeah, I probably need to play that. A time or two, yeah, where it does interest me just a little bit, and I'm just like... And then you kind of, like, hate yourself, because you're like, "Mm, it is only 49 cents. I could actually make this happen. (laughs) Yeah. You did that, I think one day, I might accidentally talk myself into one of my Name That Games, because sometimes they can be so awful that it's fun for, like, a half hour. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I mean, the price (laughs) is right. If it's 49 cents, I feel like I I can help you out. Yeah. But anyway, moving on to your next game. Mm-hmm. Stop straight, evil, white males from oppressing women and minorities and make them check their privileges. Ooh, Trigger warning. This game might, but does not intend to be offensive to some certain groups of people. Keep in mind that this game represents a satire of SJW culture and third wave feminism and does not intend to defame or shame them in any way. All events and characters are fictional. This is a casual game for Steam, which your goal is to keep straight, evil, white males from oppressing women and minorities and make them check their privileges. Satire my ass. (laughs) I know, right? Is this game... (laughs) That's all you get. That's all you get. Is this game... A. Sisterhood stops the brotherhood. B. Two legit suffragists. C. Liberal triggers. Or D, Feminazi the Triggering. Oh, shit. That last one really sounds like something this asshole would come up with. Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like B is too smart. Mm. Um, so what was C again? Liberal Triggers. See, and that, that also kind of has... C and D both have... Uh, they sound Speaking like... Something that these, there's no way this satire. They're just like, well, it's satire. Bullshit. I'm sure it is just a bunch of like pixelated women like screaming at men for an hour. Mm. I don't know. So we've got them. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> but hey, we can hide behind satire because that's what we mm-hmm. could do. I'm so going to say, joke. I'm going to say, I'm going to say D again. D, Feminazi, the triggering. Mm-hmm. And the answer is. D, Feminazi the Triggering. See, I read them I'm actually kind of proud of myself on this one. You did good. You did good. I think I did. That one, yeah. But yeah, that that was actually one. That's why I asked beforehand. You're just like, it was 49 cents. I'm like, I kind of, 
<laughs> just want to see like how bad it really is mm. or 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 is it a diamond in the rough maybe we're jumping yeah. to conclusions here it, it could maybe. very well be the next breakthrough game the goat right there i doubt it but continue I do too. <laughs> all right and your last game this is a game about a vegan bodybuilder flying on a chili pepper in space oh oops spoiler not really because there's actually three locations there's a city a desert and space but this isn't all whilst he's flying he only wears underpants for a better experience and better ventilation uh the idea about this game is is quite simple you see the protagonist visits his psychologist and she advises him to take vitamin b12 pills but warns him not to use them before bedtime since he has a bad memory he takes an overdose of the pills right before bedtime everything that follows is a dream I came to the conclusion that the game doesn't need a background or explanation since the plot doesn't affect the gameplay in any way. It makes no sense to input a story. So is this game? Hmm. <laughs> That's where he left it. Okay. So basically, there's no plot is what, what the, hmm. the developer is trying to say. Sure. So is this game A, Mr. Vegan, B, Mr. Vegetarian, C, Mr. Pepper Pants, D, Eggplant Peach Emoji? <sighs> For the ventilation. So, <laughs> Mr. Vegan sounds about as simple as it would get. But I really like yeah. C. Mr. Pepper Pants. Because that would at least make it sound more um, interesting. Like, like it would happening. catch your eye. Mr. Pepper, Pepper Pants? Pants? Mr. Pepper Pants. But for some you know what? It's an it's an A is what I feel because they're not going to fit. He didn't. He couldn't even be bothered to come up with a plot. He's not going to come up with a clever name. So Just A. Put everything in a dream world. Yeah, Mr. Vegan. So, Mr. Vegan, and the answer is A. Woo! Mr. Vegan, you're right. I'm they figuring them anything. out, man. <laughs> I'm understanding how these people work. Or I just got to up my game a little bit here. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm getting too creative around the word, ah. making it too easy. I don't know. That, that's what I always admired because I was like, sometimes you're like, you'd hit that sweet spot where I'm like, you also knew how to make your creative one sound extremely mundane to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I still don't know. So I'll get on your level one we'll get day. There. One day. Uh, but, hey, how about we just uh, – Spit out a few release dates here. Uh, what you got? Since we've got a few games coming up uh, in the following week. Uh, starting with February 18th, we have Hunt Showdown on the PS4. Uh, DCL The Game for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Bayonetta and Vanquish for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue for Xbox One. God, I remember when you first mentioned that a long time ago. It's <laughs> a mouthful. <clears throat> Let's, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right. I'm just going to say Psycho Shooting Stars Bravo. It's P-S-I-K-Y-O. Sure. So I don't know, but that's on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, then on February 19th, we have Bunny Parking for Xbox One. It looks so cute. These little bunnies. Bunny um, bunny barking. Um, and then we also have the 3000th Duel for the Nintendo Switch. Then on February 20th, we have Under Night in Birth EXE 
and L-A-T-E-I-D-R. I don't know. Friggin' it's for the PlayStation <laughs> and the Nintendo Switch. Undernight, in birth, more letters. Because okay. it's like a colon and looks like lactate and then a dot and then an R. So I don't know what all that stands for. So if you're in the know, your game comes out on the 20th. Just go sure. get it. <laughs> uh, but also on the 20th, Double Dragon and Kunio Kun Retro Brawler Bundle for PlayStation 4 and the Nintendo Switch. Dread Out 2 for PC. Geo Rifters for Switch. Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition for the Switch. Let's do one. They're all for the Switch. So on February 20th, Blood Will Be Spilled, Sega Ages Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sega Ages Puyo Puyo 2, Lines XL, A Sound Plan, Katana Kami, A Way of the Samurai Story, and Uncharted Tides Port Royale, all for the Switch. Then on February 21st, we have Dragon for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, Allment for Xbox One, Coronavirus Simulator for PC. I just felt like I had to throw that one in there because it seems uh, like this is going to be our shovelware for the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> brief Battles for Nintendo Switch, Seal Fledge, a daughter raising simulator for Nintendo Switch and PC, Tower of Babel, No Mercy for the Switch. King Lucas for the Switch, Fishing Adventure, and Otherworldly for the Switch. Then on February 22nd, you have Fire Pro Wrestling World Takayama Charity Part 2 for the PlayStation 4. And then the the rest of the games will pick us up next week for the, the next podcast. So, Woo. And again, you can go to any given day for the PC and find about 20... 20 new games each day coming out. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to report all those. It's just way too damn many. We'd be here all day. Yep. That's <laughs> it's a rule we got around here. We can't do them all. We'll, we'll get you and the big ones, but that's it. That's what I do always thumb through to see if there's some bigger title or one that catches my eye, you know, that I think people would be looking out for when it comes to PC. But outside of that, I'm just going to stick to consoles and because that's usually smaller, except for the Switch, dear God. Yeah, they, if it's anyone tells bad. me they're at lack of stuff to play on the Switch, then you're doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's almost up there with the PC, I feel, at this. Which is good. Which is good. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. see them succeed. Um, but yeah, I figured now we'll just move on to the headliner of the show. Um, I was basically in and out of being stoned all week from pain. So I kind of (laughs) copped out and did another review. So I hope that is okay with you guys. I feel like since I've taken over, it's, I do FMVs. I hit them hard, man. You probably know what I do, what what I'm interested in. Uh, but I decided to do a review of Simulacra 2. Um, and one of the biggest reasons is because I've actually played the entire series. So it, it, it made it interesting for me to be able to see um, how it started off to today. Because I honestly don't feel like when it first started that it was intended to be a series. It was like a one-off free download on your phone kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been interesting to see how it's evolved and upped its game. But uh, here we go. Taking a crack at a second review for my time at the helm. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about Simulacra 2, which is the fourth game in this FMV series following the Lost Phone format. Bear with me here. All of a sudden, talking seems to be hard. <clears throat> <laughs> Let me take a quick drink. Sing for him, Stephen. <sighs> uh, 
Hey everybody, look what we're doing. We're dancing and singing, singing and dancing as we're waiting for Lace to get her water. Hey, it went from a tune to hip hop of some. I, I don't did know what something I there. I almost <laughs> don't want to stop you because, like, now yeah. this this could be a whole other segment on the show here. <clears throat> Uh, but as I was saying, this is the fourth edit series. Uh, the through storylines are present with Iris being back on the phone. Jabber, which is Twitter for all intents and purposes. Uh-huh. Jabber is Twitter in the game. Um, and this time, Chimera makes an appearance, which is Instagram. So just think. Chimera is Instagram. Jabber is Twitter. All right. It's equivalent okay. day. It'll make sense. So in this iteration of the series, you play a journalist whose help has been enlisted by Detective Murillo, who's been on the strange murder case of Maya Crane, a fitness influencer on social media. She totes healthy living by vlogging her day-to-day routine, health drinks, and good old-fashioned advice with her entourage Rex, Mina, and Aria, and they team up to take on the influencer world together. But how did they manage to take everything by storm? And how did Maya, the seeming leader of this group, find herself murdered? Hmm. As the game opens, it's very curious indeed. Uh, As the game opens, you decide your fate, or actually the level of difficulty. You are either a tabloid reporter and frights are your beat, because do keep in mind this game's supposed to be kind of spooky. Or you could choose junior detective, which is a, a hardcore skeptic. I just chose tabloid reporter and went on my way. So from here in the first scene, it's setting the stage. You're in your car in a parking garage. You're meeting with the great Detective Murillo. He needs your expertise to crack this case and can't have anyone else on the inside of the force knowing that he's coming to you. You are a newspaper journalist who has been given the scoop of a lifetime, if you can help him out. Hmm. He gives you Maya's phone. Very nice of him. Sure, stolen evidence. Um, (laughs) He gives you Maya's phone, uh, the murdered woman. He's uh, trying to get your help to solve. Uh, No one uh, on the force has his back, and he's forced his hand to coming to you. So just don't disappoint him. So you're now home with the phone in hand, with messages popping up left and right. Marillo is sending you messages and getting you set up for success, giving you access to the wireless, autonomous recovery, and enforcement network, or warden for short. That's why I said and the way I did. So you can figure that out. Uh, Here is where Murillo can message you throughout the game and give you access to some police force action that you might need to help solve things along the way. Murillo goes on to explain why he chose you, a reporter, instead of keeping it within the police. The chief apparently decided to close the case within a week, calling it open and shut accidental death. But upon reviewing the pictures of the crime scene, accidental isn't a word I would actually use. Uh, When you have perfect, cut straight lines all over your face and chest in a design I think maybe more than an accident happened here Mm. I could be wrong Uh, but after he finishes filling you in on how this is the opportunity of a lifetime to work with him you can dive in with the backstory of the phone um, and you can work alongside of him with dupe which is the Department of Obscure Phenomena, which is basically the new X-Files party of one. (laughs) Uh, He is running this on his own. Um, And now you just kind of dive in and help try to figure out the strange simulacrum that's been terrorizing phones for years now. So do keep in mind that this game really does play amazingly well on a phone. It's 100% what it was meant for. Mm -hmm. Um, So for immersion purposes, playing it on the phone is definitely highly recommended. Uh, But I played it all on PC, still wasn't disappointed. 
But these games have made snooping a ton of fun. You have free reign now over someone else's property. And if you play along right, you can really set the mood. The story kicks off with how you learn of how Maya brought them all together to the team and reemerge victorious in the influencer world. So as you start to see, they were all on the decline and were struggling to remain relevant. Learning about Maya's friends actually is one of the most enjoyable times in the game because you have such a strange group of friends. It's almost intriguing how they all ended up together in the first place. If you go into full detective mode, kick back and enjoy the story. Again, I try to keep my reviews as spoiler-free as possible. So this is, might be where I have to deviate from story. Um, but definitely, if you would look at this group of people, and I think that's why I've always kind of loved these simulacra games because I feel like like they're meant to be bad. Mm-hmm. But like it, to me, it's just so freaking enjoyable the way that it is. Because if you look at this, it's an eclectic group of people that's influencing. Like Rex is 100% white as snow redhead that I want to say is Irish but trying to not have the accent throughout the game like you could tell like certain words he would hit like the accent would come through Mm -hmm. and then just like very attractive Asian women in his entourage you know all over the place it was just it was a really weird eclectic group of people influencing all different things. One's for makeup, one's singing, one's like your TED Talk guy that's going to get your life on track, which is Rex, who I'm telling you about. Total douchebag, by the way, but in a, <laughs> in the, in a way it was supposed to be. And then, of course, you're the the one that was murdered who was influencing people for a healthier lifestyle. So it's just it's really strange how they all came together and decided to be a power team. Right. Um, but since I can't really go much more into the story without spoiling it, how about we just go into how does it play? How is this game different from the last Simulacra games, right? So the first thing you notice is holy HD, man. Like this game is filtered in a much higher quality than it's been before. The FMV sequences are 100% 1080p and you could tell that right away. So they definitely up their game as far as the quality goes. Even the layout of the phone is really nice. Uh, they, they upgraded it a smidge from the latest versions, although I never really had an issue with the interface in the games in the past. I just thought it was nice to maybe point out that uh, I noticed the extra polish and good job on that. Uh, when you receive messages in the game, it's very simple. Click the icon, read the message being sent to you and choose a reply by clicking in the text bubble at the bottom, you know, like a phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, different answers get you different outcomes in the game. So keep that in mind. There are, there are different endings. Everything you mess with in the game can be a determining factor. You do have the ability to go into Maya's Jabber and you can like and comment on posts under her account. Um, I haven't seen any backlash for this for this playthrough, but I know in the last Simulacra game, it can affect it because I messed with the one woman Spark account, which was like Tinder in the last game mm-hmm. and ended up with a bad ending. So just keep in mind, like, if you want to swap stuff and actually mess with their social medias, you're, you might be messing with a storyline that you're, you're going through. So just mm-hmm. play with it if you want. But just keep, if you're trying to go for a specific ending, that, that might be what does it for you. Um, but as you, uh, let's see, as you search through the phone, 
You start watching the videos and snooping through her texts and emails. Clues will pop up for you to reference back to later on when needed. With the help of your Warden app that I mentioned earlier, it knows exactly what clues that you will need to store for future use. So when something is on the page, a little pop-up will happen in the lower right-hand corner of the phone that says scan. Um, So once you've pressed it, it stores that information for future use. And this is where you would go back to the Warden app and try to reconstruct something that you might have found a clue for. So you're going to find a lot of clues along the way that you don't know how to make it make sense yet. And by scanning through web pages, emails, text messages, everything in her phone can help you connect those dots. Okay. Um, And boy, oh boy, do they nail the social media life. Okay, as your search through her phone continues, I mentioned you have Jabber and Kamira, right? Right. So flipping through the accounts and pages and reading the comments really kind of just puts you right there. And coming from someone who you know gets lost in like Twitter threads. Yeah. This is this is exactly what it's like. It has it's full of the encouragement and atta girls that 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 you that you would want being an influencer and it's also full of people who are just telling you that you should die and constantly harassing you in dm so it's really off-putting so Mm -hmm. um i know it was meant to be and i guess that's the best possible compliment i can give this feature is you really made me feel like i was creating internet drama so well done (laughs) i was getting attacked but no it really does feel like you're reading streamer twitter or something like they they nailed that aspect of it right right (laughs) But the acting in the FMV scenes feels, I don't know, more like it's parodying itself. Um, But so did the other games. So it's never been spot on acting, I have to say. Mm -hmm. But I think it dives that way on purpose. Or I'm making an excuse for them. I don't know. But either way, with the tone of the game, it works. Even if you cringe from time to time, which you will. Because the acting will make you cringe from time to time. But for those of us who have played the other games, let us not forget Greg's infamous phone call. Anna, fuck this silent treatment shit. Fuck it so much. So as you can tell, acting probably wasn't something they all studied or was done in this fashion on purpose. Because there is another scene where Maya is embarrassed to show you uh, before her healthy lifestyle pick. But she so bravely does it for you. And it is the most clearly photoshopped picture you've ever seen. Literally, it looks like all they did was take her pic and make it wider. But what does the comment section have to say about this atrocious, deceiving behavior? Well, they call her out, of course. So when you really shake your head in shame over a scene that's played out, just know that might be exactly the emotion they were wanting to evoke. Because as I was watching that scene, I'm like, really? That's how you photoshopped it? That's clearly you just stretch the image. And then you go into the comment section of her Chimera page and they're talking about it. So I honestly think it's mostly parodying itself. So when you're shaking your head over that acting, lean into it. It makes it more fun. (laughs) Just lean into it. (laughs) That's all I can say is just lean into it. Um, but for the score of the game, it's very minimal, which I think was a solid choice since you're supposed to be able to hear when you get notifications about normal phone noises to grab your attention. Uh, there is some ambiance to the background, which makes this game a must for headphones, which the game will remind you upon starting. Um, mm-hmm. It is highly recommended to use the headphones. It does come with its own soundtrack, though, that you can listen to in game or has a separate pack if you would like. Um, as one of the influencers is a singer, uh, there's some original tracks she sings and one really, really great Rex rap. 
that you just don't want to miss. <laughs> you don't right. want to be messing with Rex. Just go listen to it. You'll thank me later. Although this time around, I didn't see a new Game Plus option. Why am I bringing this up? Because for second playthroughs, I mentioned before, there's a lot of different endings in this one. I really liked the new Game Plus because where if you had fully played the game through once, you can make the texting go faster. So as I mentioned, this being a lost game phone, every bit of dialogue that you're talking to other people is done through text messaging. So it was kind of like a speed run of the game. Like, hey, you've played it. Would you like to zip past this? And it would just boom all of the dialogue straight to you making the uh, choices so that you could move the story along. I'd recommend bringing that back. I really kind of like that. For a second playthrough, I don't want to have to wait through all of the text bubbles again, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're typing. Um, So suggestion box, if you guys are listening, (laughs) bring that back. Uh, But lastly... The branching endings. So this is where they really up their game. Um, at the end of my first run and watching the ending I received, FYI, it wasn't a good one, of course. A choice tree popped up, which is the first time I've ever seen one in a Simulacra game. And I was impressed at all the different options you could have discovered. You can learn about the different characters you'll be dealing with and can determine if you help them at all, hurt them all, or maybe a little of this one, a little of that one. I haven't played it enough times to be able to tell which choices begets the other ending, but there is plenty of incentives to try again. I was not expecting for this type of game to have the tree branch out as much as I saw it happen at the ending credits. I missed a lot. There was a Mm -hmm. lot I could have done differently. Uh, but all in all, I I liked the game. I will admit, I think this the the I do think the best one so far though was the original Simulacra because there was the first one. There was Simulacra, Simulacra Pipe Dreams, which was a free one that you could just play, and then now Simulacra Two. Um, something about those characters in that particular game grabbed me a bit more than the ones that they gave me here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just don't relate as well to the influencer life and the other ones were kind of more, I don't know, regular Joe next door friends that you would be, you know, ch- chatting with. Uh, but they did improve upon the interface and what they were doing here. Um, although I s- saw some nods to at least some of the other games. Right. I might have missed some. I think I would have liked to have seen more of an overarching story through the games, which is really weird that I haven't seen that. But but the intention seems to be standalone with similar circumstances, and that formula works as well. But I do seem to remember this whole conspiracy theory that one of the games had, which was the, the first Simulacro. It was something to do with like a Gateway 31 Easter egg where you had to discover certain phone numbers and call them and you got bits and pieces of info. I never did solve it. Um, And it had a huge Steam discussion thread, a huge Reddit, like people went in deep on this. Mm -hmm. Like you could find information like outside of the game and stuff. Why has this not been still continuing on? Like in Pipe Dreams, I wasn't expecting it because that was, it seemed to be a standalone free game to download. Like you didn't have to pay for it. It was fine. It was just another iteration in this series. But with Simulacra 2, I kind of expected to see it make a comeback. Not that it was a huge focus of Simulacra, Mm -hmm. but the fact that it was there and it, you had, 
you had to really pay attention because certain things would like pop up on the screen or certain things you might have clicked where you would get a blip of a phone number and you'd call that phone number and it would give you more information. And it was just kind of this really cool idea. And I'm a little sad I didn't see it pop back up in this one. You know, with it being two, I figured maybe that would be the thread they would keep pulling on or have some sort of reference back to it that it was solved or someone died in its search for it or some kind of reference back to it. I mean, it's not a game breaker for me, but I I just found it very strange because I thought that was such a cool, unique idea that they had like this extra side story conspiracy theory going on with Iris and all this kind of stuff to not continue on with it just seemed a little weird to me unless I need to make different decisions in the game on another playthrough and it becomes uncovered so I will put a pin in if you come back at me with oh you just didn't find this then I can accept that because sometimes I miss things on my first playthrough but all in all yeah I liked it I liked it but again lean into it it's not winning any awards for its acting. I don't think it was meant to be. And I think they're just a good time kind mm-hmm. of detective murder mystery kind of thing. And it only took me about eight hours, I'd say, for the first playthrough. And that just okay. depends on how deep you get involved and how much you want to read all of the different stuff that pops up. Mm-hmm. I like to absorb all of it. So for sure. especially all the FMV scenes, you want to mm-hmm. check them all out. But yeah. Excellent. That is Simulacra 2, guys. I mean, you, you keep... kind of got me wanting to, to look it up on my phone. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to play on the phone. I played the first one on just my phone. Mm-hmm. And it, it really sets it up nicely for, especially if you're the type that likes to lose yourself into the game. Yeah. I think that's the best kind of immersion tactic for it. Like playing it on PC and stuff is great. You've got the phone right there on the screen and you use your mouse and everything, but just something about the immersion of having it in your hand, like you're actually looking through a phone made it a lot of fun. So I think the price is the same regardless of whether you buy it on mobile or on Steam. Mobile mm-hmm. might be a little cheaper, but if you're asking for a better way to immerse yourself in it, I would almost go the phone route. I don't I mean, know how well the HD would look on it. I guess that's phone to phone, but... Mm-hmm. No, I mean, do, when when you started talking about it being a phone game, that's what kind of got me going, huh, I wonder. And It is a lot of them. I think, I, I don't play mobile games all that much anymore, mm-hmm. but if it would be something like that, that could really get me into it, I, I could see myself, you know, putting the money down for it. I don't, uh, I don't play a lot of mobile games either. I want to say that was the first one that brought me back to it in a while, just like searching through a Google Play store one day and happened to see Simulacra. And it was like five bucks, I think, at the time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah. And then I played the first one, which I can never remember the chick's name for some reason. It's like Anna's missing phone. Like it was it was titled something that simply. Yeah. And then uh, you had Sarah and Simulacra and then Pipe Dreams, which was their Flappy Bird equivalent. Like it's something to do with Iris that infects... It's the actual app. So you have like the Apple app or whatever. Iris is the thing. And so Iris is in every phone and the simulacra just goes through all these things and tortures people. (laughs) But yeah. Anywho, I say go check it out. If you like FMVs, if you like murder mysteries, if you like uh, campy, cheesy acting that'll just make you laugh, uh, definitely go check it out. I think the the price is right. It's like seven and a half bucks, eight bucks or something. It's not going to break your bank and Mm -hmm. for eight hours worth of entertainment. I think it's uh, I think that's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, that's our show. And I got through it. You did. I got through it. 
Woo! <laughs> She's still alive. I'm still alive, man. I was hoping I wasn't going to lose track of anything as I was going through everything. But hey, we did it. We did it. Thank you guys for struggle busting along with me. Uh, But that is our show. Hit us up sometime on Twitter at SuperMegaCrash. Send us an email at SuperMegaCrash at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram to view our weekly icon art that Steven put so much love and time into. Support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform and even going to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. Tell your friends to find us on the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network found on Apple Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and even YouTube.com forward slash Pencil and Paper Productions. Thank you so much for listening. I am Lacey Finley. And I am Stephen White. Join us again next time, Super Mega Crash Siblings. But until then, game on. Game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.